Welcome in to another episode of the Design 30 podcast. In this podcast, I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. In today's episode, I will be doing another round of fake facts. And if you don't remember the first episode, that stands for fake frequently asked questions. So it's fake frequently asked questions, but real answers. Again, this is a little thing I stole from a sports uh, commentator, podcaster, Colin Cowherd. Uh, You've probably heard of him. But he does fake questions, real answers, and I thought, hey, that's a really cool idea. And so when you find really cool ideas, you know, you should try to incorporate whatever you like about it into what you do. So that's how I started Fake Facts. Um, Before we get into those three questions, uh, I want to say, please subscribe to the podcast. Please subscribe to the Design 30 uh, Substack also Design 30 YouTube. And then as I announced last week, I have a writing up on a, or a blog post up on ourlazycreativity.com. And so if you want to read that, please go to that website. And you can also get a free download of uh, Kyle, the owner of the website, uh, and the Lazy Creative. You can get a copy of his book. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's just dive right into these questions. So question number one, what is one skill you use every day? For this, I would say probably a visualization. I don't know if you guys remember a little while back, uh, I discussed this in a podcast when I was talking about uh, Nikola Tesla. And one of his uh, best skills, or at least what he said, was most impactful was that he could come up with most of his designs just in his head and he could play with them he could put stuff together put assemblies together understand how everything was going to work and for the most part I mean I definitely can't do this but for him for the most part the first time he built something it seemed to work or maybe always worked and worked well so this was a skill that he developed he talked about uh, since the time he was a child just really good at visualizing mechanical designs. Uh, For me, this is also something I try to do uh, probably every day. Before I dive into one of my CAD softwares, I'm always thinking through the part or the design in my head and try to get the general layout essentially done before I actually start building it in CAD. And the goal here is to actually have a 3D representation of the design in your mind so you can You can turn it over, you can inspect it. It's very similar for me, at least, to what I see on my screen when I'm working in CAD. I just have that in my mind where I'm trying out different sizes and thinking about where to put bolt holes, trying to think about how to add grip to the part. Where do I add certain colors or surface finishes? You know, all these different things. I'm trying to think through that initially in my head before I start working in CAD because then... I kind of already have a strategy of how I'm going to build the part. I know which plane I'm going to start on, what shapes I'm going to start with, what cuts I'm going to make to eventually end up at this final design that I visualized. And of course, by the time I'm actually done in CAD, it doesn't end up looking exactly like what I had originally thought. Sometimes it does, but most of the time it doesn't. It evolves as you work through it in CAD and you realize 
some aspects of it maybe weren't machinable or manufacturable. Uh, maybe something, once you have it to scale in your CAD model, you realize, ooh, that was too big or too small. So there's a lot of iteration that actually happens in CAD. And that actually brings up uh, one other point I've talked about, which is rapid prototyping in your CAD software. And so that's part of this too. After you visualize the part, or after I visualize the part, I put it into CAD, build it up as quickly as I can, and then I start rapidly iterating it and changing different parts of it, maybe save a couple copies and try different ideas, different designs, different approaches to actually modeling the part in software. So, but the skill I use every day, I would say, is definitely visualization. And it's great for designing one-off parts, really good for assemblies. You're kind of imagining in your brain how uh, the system is gonna be put together. Uh, is there going to be interferences where all your screws and bolts and washers and everything going all of those sorts of things you can visualize and have a really good idea of how this product how this assembly is going to go together okay question number two what is one skill you want to improve at improve at for your product design work so one skill that i've been working on for a little bit over the past couple months uh, and again, it's something I would like to keep uh, or need to keep working on and b improving is my ability to sketch. Uh, that's something obviously product designers are often really good at. And especially industrial designers will sketch out all sorts of concepts and ideas. And it's something that I've just never really been that great at. Um, I, I really like CAD modeling because the computer takes care of a lot of that for you. Um, but being able to sketch and just draw out your ideas and communicate your ideas to other people is something I think is really important. Um, it's good to draw and sketch whether or not you're actually that good or not. It's just a really good way to think and to get your ideas out of your head and onto a piece of paper. Um, but I'm getting to that point now where I would really like to be able to sketch something to the point where I can communicate the ideas readily and easily, understandably to my coworkers, to my customers, that sort of thing. So right now I've been working with an app called Concepts. I don't know if anyone else has used that, um, but it seems like it's a little bit more geared towards engineering, sketching and concept development. So that's been a really good experience. I'm just doing that on my iPad and I've been enjoying it. It's been fun. Uh, still not very good at it quite yet, uh, but that's one of the skills for this year that, yeah, I'm working on and I'm hoping to uh, vastly improve over the co course of the year. Next question. Question number three. You say that designers need to, quote, feel the pain of their designs. I thought your designs weren't supposed to be painful. And this is a, a great question, a great fake frequently asked question asked by me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is something that I do tend to say a lot. You got to feel the pain of your designs. Uh, it also goes to feeling the pain of your decisions. And yeah, of course, your designs ideally aren't supposed to be painful, but especially in the early stages or, you know, for your first release of a product, there's very likely going to be something painful about it, whether that's painful assembly for your uh, production technicians, whether that's um, something that could be painful for the customer when they're first, they first get your product and they need to get it up and running, 
Uh, maybe need there's a little bit of assembly required for the user. Maybe there's one specific feature of the design that you didn't quite think through enough and that causes pain for a certain subset of your customer base, of your user base. So there's pain and there's pain points that come into every design that you make. There's also built into this concept of feeling the pain. Before you actually do or create or make your design, you should go feel the pain of whatever problem you're trying to solve. So if you're trying to, for example, improve the efficiency of an assembly line, there's a really good, well, what you should do is go work on that assembly line and actually experience for yourself where the pain points are at. I'm reading this book right now called Designing for People by Henry Dreyfus, and he talks a lot about with his design firm back in the, I think it was the 40s and 50s, they would very often send their workers out to go experience um, like the pain of what customers were feeling for their next design project. So if they're working on improving uh, the airline experience, which is something they worked on, they would go and fly around the country a bunch and get some just firsthand experience of what are the pain points when you're flying. They did the same thing on trains. Uh, they would hop on these different train carts and cruise around the country, take notes, and really just build an understanding of what the typical customer, what the typical everyday user was experiencing and where those pain points were at. So that's one example of feeling the pain. And then the other example I give pretty frequently is for your products, it's, I would highly recommend actually, once you get parts in house, try to build the assembly yourself and understand what your uh, production technician is going to be going through when they have to build your designs. And then if it's possible, use your design in its uh, intended use case and try to get an idea of what your customers, what your users are going to go through when using your product and see if there are any other design improvements you can make to reduce pain points with your own design. And you want to do that early and ideally you do that before you actually release the product uh, to the public. Obviously, a lot of these pain points will come back uh, as feedback once you do release it. Uh, but the more of those that you can work through, uh, figure out on your own and improve before you actually ship the product, uh, you're going to have a lot happier uh, customer base and a lot better uh, results from your product. And then the final thing that I, I often say for feeling the pain is if you're someone, a manager or someone who's in management at your company, Often you will make decisions that impact people below you, but don't necessarily impact your everyday life. Um, so you need to be really careful when you're implementing more paperwork, more checks, more documents that need to be filled out. All these different things that could potentially add a lot of, quote, pain to uh, all the people you're managing and to their workflows. So be really careful when you're making these decisions to add more work to other people and it's something that you don't necessarily feel because you won't understand the overall impact of that nearly as much as the people who are obviously directly impacted. So the point here is make sure to get feedback from those people who are actually having to feel the pain. If you do need to implement some, let's say it's a ECO process, which is an engineering change order, and that's something where you do need to document a lot of the changes and you need to make sure you're saving all these documents in the right places so it can be easily tracked. 
it's all really important, but it can also be really easy for that process to balloon into just a massive amount of work anytime an engineer wants to or needs to make a change to a design. So that's a point where if you're a manager and you don't actually have to fill out that document uh, every day or every week, you really need to make sure and maybe just do a soft release of the process and get a lot of feedback um, from your engineers and the people who are going to deal with that process on a day-to-day or day-to-day basis. So that's something that is really important to keep in mind as a manager or for someone who is Uh, essentially just removed from the impacts of the decisions you're making. Obviously, when you're in management, your job is really just to make decisions. So you need to do that and you need to implement processes and make sure people are following those. But doing everything you can to really understand what the impacts of those changes are and try to get yourself as close to, quote, feeling the pain as you can. So that's talking with the people who are actually going through the process maybe going through it yourself a few times if that's possible, things like that. Uh, So again, I'm not saying that you should make designs that are painful and make other people feel the pain. It's all about you feeling the pain yourself of your designs, of your decisions, so that you can improve it, uh, you understand the user that much better, and in the end, it allows you to to design much better products. And that is all I have for uh, fake facts number two. Um, Hope you guys are enjoying kind of this little mini series within the podcast. If you have any comments, questions, if you have real questions, I would love to answer those. Uh, Feel free to email email me those at learndesign30 at gmail.com. That's learndesign30 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also shoot me a message on my Instagram, Learn Design 30 uh, Yeah, those are two great places. So please uh, feel free to do that. Um, also, I need to mention, please rate the podcast if you can in your podcatcher app. That would be uh, very cool. And if you're listening to it on uh, Apple Podcasts, feel free to also leave a review. Okay, with that, thank you so much for listening. As always, remember, design more, despair less. Have a great week.